podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, quick question for you. Have you started playing daily fantasy yet? And if not, why not? Because if like me, you're already given up on the fantasy team that you drafted at the start of the season because it's doing so badly, then check out our brand new daily fantasy listener league, courtesy of DraftKings, because it could be the game for you. It's all very simple. You pick a brand new team every week based uh, on a salary cap. You enter that team into one or more of our show contests and you try and win all kinds of prizes. We've got merchandise, tickets and good old fashioned cash to give away. And more importantly than all of that, you can embarrass me, Propo, the Guru Sandrini and lots more of your show faves by showing us that you know a lot more than we do. So click the link in our show notes or hit us up on social media for a link. And that way you can join the show league. It's free to enter. And as well as the pay to play contests, there are going to be free to enter competitions all through the season. You have to be 18 plus, of course. And remember, be gambleaware.org. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. Good to have you with us, gang. Monday and Mike is back in business. Unsurprisingly, a ton to get into. A bump of mailbag as well. We will get straight down to it. Welcome back to the show. The Irrepressible. I'm Mike Carlson. I'm Mike back in the house. Good to see you. Yeah, nice. Well, I was going to say nice to be back. And then I looked out the window. Um, <laughs> it was really unseasonably climate change beautiful in, in the States around Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, given that my brother lives in idyllic rural circumstances and in vast Carlson Manor, and, yeah. uh, my sister's on the shore. Oh, uh, it looked beautiful from what you were showing me when we were catching up yeah. a couple of weeks ago. It looked, it looked absolutely it, it, idyllic it was, is the word. Uh, it was a great time. I, I really enjoyed it. And I went out to old Lyme, Connecticut, home of Lyme disease. <laughs> which, but um, I was there to see the great Houston person playing saxophone with a, a trio of guys I didn't know, but they were really good. And um, he's 88 years old and, and he was playing. Yeah, Still just playing as Amazing. good as ever. And it was a tiny, small club. Oh, uh, so guy. I was sitting, I was sitting literally about the same distance from his saxophone as I am from the microphone here. Wow. It was it was gorgeous. So great week, a great 10 days all, all told. And now um back in the gray. Back in, in the gray. Well, it's great to have you back. And it sounds like you had a uh, a nice rest, uh, but we are glad that you're back in business. There's a particularly this a very Monday, given there's a ton to get into. Let's start with the Bengals taking the Chiefs once again, the third time in a calendar year, the third time in a row, of course. Why have the Bengals got the Chiefs card marked? Um, there's a couple of reasons. One, one is offensively, they're particularly good when Jamar Chase is, is there, obviously, because he's really one of the top, I don't know, three receivers in the league um, and, and can do it all. Plus, the addition of T Higgins has been huge for them because he really is a borderline number one receiver himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and he caught the key pass to the game, which was that third and 11 that sealed, sealed the game, um, which was brilliant all around. Secondly, Burrow, of course, hasn't really had the credit he deserves because he's, you know, we talked a few weeks ago and, you know, said there's like four great quarterbacks right now in the league. And one of them is Burrow. Mm -hmm. And, um, Thirdly, they're a better team than they were last year because they they rebuilt, in a sense, their offensive line. Right. Um, it's playing a lot better. 
And yeah, on and that, fourthly, he's only been sacked, what, five times in the last four, right? Yeah, so, I mean, it took him a couple sacked. of weeks to sort of get it together, but, and now, it's but now, it's, now they it's seem to be. And fourth, I think Lou Anarumo is much underrated as a defensive coordinator. He he really mixes it up well, and but the, the basis of that, for the most part, is that he drops a lot of people into coverage and makes it hard for Mahomes to find receivers. Mm. That's why some of the big plays of the game, in all three games, when you look at them, really, are Mahomes making plays when he can't find receivers, like the touchdown. You know, the, the well, actually, it was it was kind of an RPO, but you know, but that kind of thing mm. they need for to in order to stay in the game. Um, I just think you know, in that sense, it's a good matchup. I I would. Probably I took the Chiefs in this game this week straight up. So far, I picked eleven correct, one wrong, and one was a tie. The Giants and Skins, then uh, Skins, obviously the Commanders. And um, the one game I picked wrong was the, my best bet of the week, which was the Chiefs. <laughs> I thought at this Excellent. point the Chiefs would have figured it out, yeah. you know, and that Andy would. And you know, at times it looked like they did. They ran the ball really well, but. It's a very solid defense. They're strong on, on all three levels. Um, and uh, they also pulled off the fake injury, which, strangely enough, the NFL sent a directive around this week or last week to teams. Oh, the Von Bell. Oh, I'm down, falling down. And, oh! Yeah, genius. <laughs> and it was genius. just like football. It was just like the World Cup because he got up and then he ran off the field. And he said, <laughs> he you know, I'm okay didn't now. <laughs> didn't even try and fake it. I think the Cubs are saying, at least try to hold it until you get up, <laughs> up, up the field. Genius from Von Bell. So looking at the... I guess the context of this specific win and the the form they're in now, I mean, if you look at the eight of 10, they've won the Bengals and you look at the teams they've beaten in that mix. So the Jets, the Dolphins, the Titans, and now the Chiefs all right in that, in the playoff mix, right? So it hasn't been a, a straightforward schedule by any stretch. We've spent most of the season, much of the preseason saying it's the Bills and the Chiefs and then everybody else in the AFC, right? Are the Bengals now after this up there and it's a top three? Yeah, I think they've inserted themselves in, into that conversation. I think the interesting thing will be because Lamar Jackson's out. I don't know for how long, but last time Jim Harbaugh said Lamar was only out, you know, day to day, he was gone for the rest of the season. So, <laughs> you know, take it with a grain of salt. Right. Um, that's going to make Buffalo's task a bit harder. But Buffalo, I mean, sorry, Baltimore's task a bit harder. Mm. Um, although they didn't look convincing even when Lamar was there against Denver, who admittedly are a very good defensive team, you know. Um, just, you know, Russell Wilson can't get anything done offensively. The interesting thing is that both Buffalo and Cincinnati have beaten Kansas City so right. that they hold the tiebreaker in terms of home field advantage um, uh, and seeding um, when, when, when that comes up. And that, that could be very make things very interesting because if you're playing in January – February. I don't know. When's the Super Bowl this year? Is it April? <laughs> um, and uh, At the you know, moment, it might get pushed. Yeah, back. if you're if you're playing up up in Buffalo, especially, that's that's a really difficult you know situation. Now, Kansas City is is no picnic in the winter either. You know, mm. and and uh, but but that made that makes things very very interesting. I think. Um, now, the other kicker is that Cincinnati have a very rough schedule um closing out the year yeah they got the yeah right they've got the bills in the mix and... yeah and and that'll be that'll be a, a key game uh with buffalo but it's good that you know these are good teams and and not a small part of that is buffalo cincinnati and um kansas city have three of you know the three great young quarterbacks uh you know, apart from herbert probably probably um in, in the league 
Yeah, not a coincidence. So does that mean extending that to borrow and the MVP conversation? Because up until certainly this week, it was Mahomes, the odds on favorite, the heavy yeah. favorite. Can borrow force his way into that reckoning? I think so. Um, again, that, that tough schedule is going to make it difficult. You know, you, Kansas City's got a little easier, easier run in at, at the moment. Or um, Buffalo's isn't right? easy. They- you know, in the sense that the Jets are and Patriots are good defensive teams, which will make mm. his life a little bit harder. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think that's you know that that's a very real possibility right now, unless Brock Purdy becomes the MVP. Oh, well, now I'm surprised you've got a lot of questions about Brock Purdy. We'll get to them in a minute because we open up the mailbag as well. I thought, right yeah, I thought that was a, a, just a brilliant segue. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was it was a thing of beauty, and indeed, there's quite a lot of Brock. Brock-related questions, uh, unsurprisingly, not just about Purdy that we'll get into as well in the mailbag at the NC Show. When Iron Mike is on, the mailbag is bustling. The question I want to ask you on Lou Anarumo before we move on to the 49ers. You've been singing his praises for a while, and a propo as as well, of course, being a, a diehard Bengals fan, has been saying the, the man's a genius. We saw this, I guess, in the Super Bowl run with a collection of players that in individually, on paper, are not superstars, but he made them play like superstars. Surely he is going to be in high demand this offseason, right? Do you expect him to? I don't know. Him? You know, that that's an interesting one because a lot depends on the perception of how, um, especially with defensive coaches, how they're perceived in terms of player management. You know, mm. I think that was there were a couple of years where Wink Martindale in Baltimore, you know, was was doing great things with his defense, even when they were suffering lots of injuries and stuff like that. But there was a sort of perception about him that he wasn't quite head coach material. You know, he kind of hung around too long without being noticed. And everybody kind of mm-hmm. wants the young whiz kid uh, offensive offensive coach. But um, like on that, is it twofold that it's copycat, zeitgeisty kind of play? Yeah, let's get the 35-year-old. But also when somebody has been around, when it hits a certain age, there's a sense of, well, why hasn't he been given a shot? Yeah, I, I think that's that's very true. Um, and, you know, and I don't know. I don't know the story of why or why not. Okay. Yeah. So, not so a- I mean, he, he's probably due, it's probably due his chance. Mm. Um, and and certainly at some point you just have to notice. And, you know, and, and I think too, so, uh, You've you've got coaches, say, like Rex Ryan or Buddy Ryan, you know, who are more emotional leaders as defensive coordinators and, you know, play. And that still works to an extent in the league. But you also get guys who are just really smart. And, and, you know, on the plus side, you look at Robert Sala, for example, um, putting that together. Um, um, Maybe on the negative side, and this is nothing against the guys, Todd Bowles, Dennis Allen, um, you know, good defensive coordinators, um, but in their in their first terms as head coaches, couldn't get it done in in what weren't great situations. But right now, seem to be having trouble as well uh, as head coaches. And part of that may be that they don't have themselves as defensive coordinators. Mm. Um, Steve Wilkes is kind of in that category too, and the jury's going to be out on him. You know what what Carolina want to do with him at the end of the season? Uh, okay. Let's get into uh, Brocktism, starting with MuseLover86. Get in touch with us on Twitter at the NC Show. Hey, MuseLover86. Who's the best Brock ever, he he asks. And he gives a few options. Brock Lesnar in his first WWE stint. Brock <laughs> Lesnar in the UFC. Brock Lesnar, his second stint at the WWE. Brock Osweiler or Brock Purdy. And uh, Mike, you might want to add a few to the mix as well. Well, I wouldn't want to put Brock Osweiler against Brock Lesnar in a 
cage match put it that way <laughs> i don't think i was like Osweiler might do it might handle himself like there was a quarterback called dieter brock dieter brock that's no, first brock name brock. That in, count. played in the cfl but he had one year in the nfl and took the rams to the playoffs and then they got creamed in, in his only playoff game um but Oof. i don't know that was i thought it was a pretty impressive debut for the sure. last guy taken in the draft and, yeah. and, and hugely an afterthought, obviously, in terms of the whole uh, debate around Jimmy G and, and uh, Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you could see exactly what what they did with him. And and he impressed by making good decisions under pressure, you know, and, and not panicking and and, uh, you know, not and, and making bad throws, making you know, um, and and I just thought I thought that was you know a really impressive performance. He drilled some balls in there um, into tight coverage, and got away and got away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I think it's plus. I noticed today that they signed my man Josh Johnson. Um, oh, have they? Yeah, um, which means that uh, the next guy on the list was uh, Eason Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason, right? Who, who's he a surprise? He was on their practice squad, yeah. but it was kind of a surprise because he's he doesn't really fit their mold as a quarterback because he's a big, tall pocket pocket passer. But Josh Johnson has now this is his. Um, I wrote this all down so I wouldn't forget it. It's his twenty third gig <laughs> with seven with seventeen different teams in four different leagues. Uh, he's been with fourteen NFL teams. In, and in how many years? 13 years? He started in 2008. Yeah. Okay. Um, three He's years like... with Tampa, which was his longest run ever. This yep. is his fourth time with the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> and in in nine in uh, all that time in the in the NFL, he's thrown a total of 37 games, nine starts mm-hmm. since 2008 in oh, the man. NFL. Um, it's and a he's thrown career, isn't it? That's... 13, inter- 13 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. And wow. he, he runs, he's a good runner as well. I was, yeah, he played for the San Diego fleet, the mm-hmm. Los Angeles the Wildcats and the Sacramento mountain, whatever they were mountain lions. Oh, so. The good old days of, uh, yeah. whatever, but, the, um, a- yeah, a- so a- Josh a- is just as what you would call a pair of safe hands. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, the, he must have Mike McCartney's his agent, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Well, he Not played for Harbaugh at San Diego. University of San Diego ah. before Harbaugh went to Stanford. Ah, so that's, that's why he was with San Francisco originally. In those couple of, um, he was dra- he was signed by Tampa. I think he was drafted by Tampa actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It started started brightly. Well, hey, still got a gig, still rolling. Listen, what does this do for the 49ers Super Bowl aspirations? Bro? Well, yeah, it it hurts them obviously because as good as 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 good as he played. Um, against the Dolphins defense, which is supposed to be really good and had its moments. I thought Holland mm-hmm. had another, you know, every time I see them play and watch a lot of it, Holland plays really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Xavier, <laughs> Xavier, <laughs> I said at one point, what is he, is he invisible or is just his arms are invisible? <laughs> Well, Xavier finally, Howard. Yeah, he finally got called for an interference penalty. He, he it was like he was a Uruguayan football player, you know, <laughs> who's just yeah. grabbed the referee and spun him around and then holds his hands up, saying, "I didn't touch anybody." <laughs> it was quite harsh when he got the pick, and the comms were like, "Well, I mean, a, a knockdown would have been preferable," which of course is true, but still, it was a hell of a play, hell of a pick. Yeah, quite, quite high but, risk to bat it down. But, but um, what you went know, wrong I, with them? Um, 
I think I think you can't depend on Purdy to re- replicate that performance. Um, now their defense is really good, and and I think Miami felt the brunt of that. I, it looked yeah. in, in the first couple of series like Miami had, you know, Mike McDaniel had it figured out, knowing yeah. San Francisco so well. And I was amazed the they they paid a lot of attention to Mostert and Wilson being X Niners, but Sherfield they didn't pay much attention yeah. to at all. The call was mean, yeah, it didn't. Call yeah, and it. and McDonald they they finally got to they had a play they kind of had a spot built for it, so they didn't mm. mention it until they did their spot. But um, you know, I I think some of the weaknesses of Miami were were exposed there, and and partly remember. They didn't have either either of their starting tackles and then Waddle went down. Yeah. Um, But two is not all that accurate a passer under pressure Mm. uh, or when, even when he's moving, Um, he doesn't have that strong an arm. He tends, he tended like a lot of guys do to underthrow Hill. The 45 yard touchdown was, was an underthrow of, of sorts. I mean, but he'll, he'll so open. You can, you can do that. And you know, I I, I think his, um, his his incredible stat line going into that game was partly the result of the scheme, you know, mm. um, which you would say the same thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure, you know, a lot of it is made by yards after the catch, by by throws that are easy, you know, once you once you've made the proper read and that kind of thing. See, so you know, on I, that, I think- it's a, it's a good point. Just on that, Mike, because you said that you can attribute this to the 49ers too, given how great their defense is, given the fact that Shanahan and it makes it relatively straightforward for the quarterback. Is it, is it if we're weighing it up, one of the stronger landing spots for a rookie to come into with the ex- with expectation and the ambition to get them at least into contention in, in the deep waters of the playoffs, then it's as pretty good a spot as any right to do that. Yeah, um, that, that's a, a good point. Now, obviously, I think Purdy was studying. You know, he, he didn't look unprepared the way sometimes a third string quarterback who hasn't had any reps in, in practice sometimes does. You know, he's mm. been quarterbacking the scout team. And I think one of the players said, you know, he's been playing against a great defense. <laughs> but when you're scout teaming, you know, it's not it's not quite the same thing. <laughs> but um I, I think that there's an, a good element of truth in that, you know, but I, I kept thinking, now, what if Trey Lance had come into play? How would we feel about that? You know, yeah. what would the Niners chances look like at, at that point? And, and um, I think, I think it's got to, it's, it's going to be reflected in what people think of the Niners, the Niners chances. They do have a tremendous defense. I don't think it's, it's at the scale of, the the Bucks with Brad Johnson at quarterback, or or the Ravens with Brad with uh, Trent Dilfer at quarterback, you know, and those two guys were ex- were experienced pro. I'm not nothing against either of them. In fact, I think Brad is a really good quarterback with a who had not a great arm, um, mm. but got the most out of it. You know, um, but you so, know, point taken. I mean, you look at the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks of the last two decades; the majority are. Manning, Brady, Breeze, Rogers. Yeah, and, and Manning's a great example because he won his second Super Bowl when he had no arm at all. You know, mm, could barely sure. move, um, didn't play, didn't do much. He didn't do any better than Brock Osweiler offensively mm. that season, but he knew enough not to turn the ball over, how not to turn the ball over. Mm. Um, you know, and and if someone snaps the ball six feet over his head on the first play from scrimmage, that's not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the one he lost, wasn't it? The um uh 
lot of questions understandably about Jimmy G. So I'll fire out a few of them. So who's Rakesh, better looking, Jimmy yeah. G or Brock Purdy? <laughs> oh, hey, Brock Osweiler would. Uh, uh, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, tweeted me and said that they got another porn star quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, that's what you're watching, huh? Uh, Rakesh, what is Jimmy G's value now? He's out again for this. That's season. a great question because there was some talk that they were going to re-sign him. You know that he had done enough. To yeah. justify being resigned, which which I understood the motivation behind it, but I didn't see the point because it would put you back in the same situation you were in at the start of this season, assuming Trey Lance comes back 100 percent, you know, where he's Lance is your quarterback of the future and you've got him for, well, at this point, it'd only be three more years. But, you know, um, at a bargain rate. So do you really want to pay G- Jimmy G the, the going rate and in terms of his getting the going rate elsewhere? the injury is just going to reinforce the point that he's an injury waiting to happen. He's, he's the definition of brittle, you know, he, he, um, it was obviously that it was a bad fall or whatever, but the bone broke or bones broke, you know? Um, And there's not this, it's no criticism of him. It's just, it's just what it is. And so are you going to put a huge Russell Wilson kind of contract on, on someone who's, who's brittle. And, you know, I, and I think the NFL is not smart. In in one sense, there will still be teams out there who will want to dish out Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson kind of deals, um, Kyler Murray kind of deals to quarterbacks. And if this season hasn't taught them that that's a mistake Mm. to, to commit that much cap space to a guy who's not even the answer this year. But now the market's be. now the market's being determined. Isn't that irreversible? That the not necessarily. It depends. I mean, the, the the problem is that you're always at the mercy of the dumbest guy in the room, um, mm. as long as he's willing to open his pockets. Um, <laughs> sure, and, sure. You know, it's like playing and, poker and, with my friend Tim, who just goes in on every hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's nice if you know if you know that's going to happen. But yeah. you know, I, I mean, you know, the Murray thing should have been a lesson. They could have had. They could have, you know, said no. You play this year and prove that you're worth that kind of money. You know, right? Um, the uh, Deshaun thing's a separate thing. Although I, it was nice of the NFL to stage National Salute to Women Day in Houston um, yesterday on, the, uh, on his return. He didn't. Have, so he didn't I, have I didn't a, see anybody wearing, um, you know, stop abuse of women cleats mm. yesterday in that Houston game. But there you mm. go. I uh, want to shout out Hannah Wilkes, uh, who wrote a terrific piece on it over on the Sky Sports website. Uh, it's well worth seeking that out. And uh, we will uh, we'll tweet it from the NC show. Let's go there. He didn't have a... a, a no, and I, I didn't really expect it either. I, I was really torn on that game before I finally picked Cleveland. Um, yeah. Thinking that, you know, Houston's defense might do enough to bother him and and there would be some turnover points in that. But unfortunately, the turnover points were all were all to Cleveland. I mean, 20, they got what a pick six, a fumble six, and and a punt return touchdown. So the that's twenty. Yeah. That's twenty one <laughs> of their twenty six points right yeah. right there. Um, when you're bad, you're bad. Houston, Houston <laughs> just can't just yeah. can't get a break. Uh, you know they're going to cruise to that number one that number one pick and then probably blow that as well. Um, they've left it too late, I guess. The Browns five and seven now. So I mean, look at those teams: the Raiders five and seven, uh, and obviously the Chargers. Pat's just above them six and six, but the Jets trending in the wrong direction. Well, yeah. So it's really that last spot. Can we it? get this Brown. out of the way right now? What Come is on. it? Week third, week thirteen yeah. re- re- review. This all that the seventh playoff team is going to show us is that there are 
seven, too many playoff, playoff games. Seasons. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is what I was going to say when we talk about when we talk about uh, Dallas or Philadelphia. What we learned this week, besides that, you know, Philly's really good and Dallas really has the potential to be really good as well, mm. is that Washington and Washington and the Giants aren't playoff teams in the sense that anyone over six years old, you know, understands a playoff a playoff team to be. You know, they're mm. they're good in a sense. Um, but you know, they they were both kind of trying to do the same thing. It, it, you know, the Giants basically were trying to, you know, work the clock from before the end of the first half. <laughs> it's sure. kind of like, can we run a 47-play, 80-yard drive and, <laughs> and not give the ball back to, to Washington? It, yeah, exactly. It's like scoring in the first 10 minutes of the World Cup and then shutting up shop and uh, parking the bus. Adam's uh, come in on the Giants, actually, on, on Twitter. Is the Giants' season as good as done now? The next two against Philly uh, and Washington again, of course. So... The Giants, well, I mean, they're sick. They're still in, in six. Spots. Well, again, yeah. I mean, they're not out. Of, they won't be out of it. I, I you know, I, I am at, I, I'm interested to see what they do against Philadelphia because Dayball mm. and Matt Martindale have been very good at containing teams, um, you know, and, and keeping themselves in the game um, un, until the set until the second half. So that will be interesting. But realistically, mm. like I said, if they make the playoffs, so what? Because I can't. You know they could they could steal a win, but they're not. I don't think they're good enough to go beyond that, really. You know, and um, you know, having said that, the Giants, the year they won the Super Bowl in twenty eleven, were you know a late a late season bloomer. Late last bloomer. four games of the season, but they're not going to bloom. They are what they are. You know, and they're well coached. Um, if they can avoid mistakes, they can stay in games. They've got a really good defense, especially up front. Um, I think Dexter Lawrence is one of the most underappreciated guys out there right now. Um, and, uh, you know, more power, more power to them. I would run, I think Scott was saying, you know, oh, the Giants fans want them to run uh, Daniel Jones more. Um, but I would rather have Dayball coaching than the Giants fans, however you would get them <laughs> well, to That's coach. an interesting way to finish the season off. But I felt the same way. way. I thought, you know, they really, yeah, they really ought to run a lot of RPO with Daniel Jones, and, mm. you know. And if it kills him, it kills him because they might not be bringing him back anyway. Uh, less rather than more likely, I would say, to bring him back. Uh, the, this is a well inflammatory tweet, but we are open to all kinds here on the NC Show from the original Dax G. Says, thank <laughs> you for two of them. Well, apparently, the thank you for continuing to underestimate slash disregard the Vikings. Scott, Ooh. I don't think with the Vikes. Sure. <laughs> Minnesota Mike. Oh Minnesota yeah, Mike. <laughs> I don't think we are. To be fair, the original Dax G. In fact, I I picked them. I'm pretty sure for the win on uh, on Edge Rush. Propo will correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, I, I, I picked, picked them as well. But I also I also thought they'd cover the spread, which they just did. Ten um, and two, Mike. They're the second best record in the NFL right now. But yeah. nobody really, apart from apparently Dax G, the original, feels that they are the second best team or in a no, team, no. I, and I, I think. I I think if you watch the games, you you can't, you know, um, they have Justin Jefferson who makes plays, lots of plays. Um, they have a solid defense. Um, I think, I think um, o- O'Connell's mm-hmm. shown all the signs of being a smart, a smart head coach. They don't throw games away. Um, you know, he's in a sense, he's a kind of Belichick apprentice, but, but you know, but he's he's learned learned that much. Cousins is in and out as he always is. I mean, they were outgained by two hundred yards in that game. 
by the Jets. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and some of it was, you know, Jets receivers were dropping balls early on. You know, they, Mike White had a couple of interceptions that were bad receiver play, not bad mm-hmm. throws. Um, and Barrios dropped that touchdown that would have been, you know, would have given the Jets the lead with with minute something to go, and mm-hmm. that was a funny play because I I watched him go in motion and and I said to the invisible man next to me, you know he's gonna he's gonna it's to him it's to Barrios he's gonna well, Xavier right, Howard was next to you yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna come right across the middle and he did and and he should have caught I mean he did in my mind he did catch it you know but it's that survive contact with the ground obsession that they have which yeah you know I I thought for example. Um, um, was it Bobby Wagner's? Um, yeah, when he t- tore the ball away from Tony Jones, mm. you know, I thought it's a catch and he's down, and it's too late to tear the ball away. But you know, but in the NFL, possession is not control, and control is what you have to have if you're a receiver, mm. um, not necessarily if you're a runner. But there you are, um, another head scratcher. Let's talk. Uh, speaking of head scratches. Dallas mm, making tough sledding of it until it's extraordinary fourth quarter where they had 33 unanswered points. So what changed? Yeah, it's like the second biggest ever. I think there was a 34 nothing way back in the 20s or something. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of confusing because Indy just seemed to, you know, the air just seemed to be out of their tires. And, yeah. Um, Jeff Sunday night um, football. Uh, seems to have lost the magic. Uh, I think he lost the magic last week when he botched the last two minutes of the game. So bad minute and a half uh, so badly it. in with the timeout situation and all. I think um, it's when I wrote about him for the time, suggesting that maybe this is the future of, uh, of hiring NFL coaches. Uh, and ever since that, that copy ran. <laughs> I think, you know, I look at, it, I think Sonny Dykes is sitting there at TCU just waiting to bring Texas high school football into the NFL. Um, yeah. I thought Dallas looked really, I mean, yeah, they looked really impressive. The biggest thing to me with Dallas that nobody seems to be talking about is Tyler Smith, mm. the rookie tackle, you know, who wasn't supposed to be ready to play in the NFL. And they were going to try him at guard for a while till he could learn how to block because he'd committed, I don't know how many holding penalties when he was at Tulsa. Mm. Um, and then Tyson Smith went down. They moved him. They had to move him to left tackle. He was their best um, option. And he's played really well. I mean, their offensive line is doing the kind of work that they did back in Dak's early first couple of years when, you know, when they really right. could run run the ball a lot. And they don't they're doing exactly what I think we both agreed that they should do, which is not revamp the offense for Dak, but just let Dak run that that offense more efficiently and, you know, and a bit more um openly. Uh, than Cooper Rush did, and that's kind of what what they're doing. Mm. And their defense, I'm, Dan Quinn is amazing me with how flexible he is with that defense. And I mean, he, he's got Micah Parsons, who's a very movable piece. He's got some other good linebackers, so he can get a lot of different variations out there um, from what he does. But you know, I, I think Dallas is is very very solid and, and has to be. You know, that Dallas and Philly might well be the two best teams. I'd like to see Dallas, Minnesota at this point. Um, yeah. You know, to see they're only a game behind the Vikes. You know, it'd be it'd be a nice a nice matchup um if it if it comes to that. But um but do you think on the Dallas a lot of buzz about Odell of course going or I don't see where they need him to be honest. Yeah, well right. Do they need it? But that having said that, I mean it's a nice problem to have, right? If you're in contention, why not Adam? 
Yeah, and I mean, and you can see Jerry's eyes dro- drooling, you know, mm-hmm. at, at, um, at the shiny hood ornament he can put on his his cowboy limousine. Um, but um, like I said, I, at some point, players players react to what helps the team most of the time, mm-hmm. as opposed to being, you know, being a bit envious or resentful of a guy who sits there for three months of the season and then says, okay, I'll choose you mm-hmm. to put you over the top. You know, when they, when they think, well, we might be pretty damn close Gives to the top edge, as yeah. it is. That'd be fine with it. Um, but I don't think that's, that's kind of, that's not kind of the way that, you know, competitive, competitive players think these days, you know, they, they don't, they don't resent people for making the money when they can make it. But it just seems, it just seems to me to be two Cowboys for Odell to come in mm. Um and yeah, it, it create it creates a really good receiving core, uh, you know, where, where you've got really three top flight options there. Um, and you've been talking about the rule of three for well, yeah. all season long, right? So exactly, it kind of makes sense. Um, just on the Eagles, huge win, of course, in the AJ Brown revenge ball. <laughs> what they call it, the AJ Brown? Revenge. Man, did he get his? And and the, I feel so sorry for for. Uh, Traylon Burks, Traylon oh, Burks, because yeah. um, it was such a great. It was an AJ. It was an AJ Brown catch, mm. literally. I mean, you know, you could have you could have switched the roles, and for him to right. get hurt, then doing that was was such was such a blow. But I mean, what's his name? Christian Fulton mm-hmm. is kind of like my sympathy of the week award. You know, first Brown fakes him out, and then he gets caught like standing in front of him and Brown just runs him over, <laughs> just runs right through him. <laughs> and Fulton's lying on his back. It's <laughs> like, so you know, grab his tail for a ride, you know, the grab his, <laughs> grab his towel and go, and go for okay, a ride. Well, you know? A lot of people have emphasized or concentrated on the Eagles D stopping Derek Henry and, and they did that very effectively. But on the flip side, this has been a, a pretty sturdy Titans defense that the Eagles offense just blew away. Yeah. And, and you know, they're, they're so well balanced and that this comes down. It's, it's really a function of their offensive line, you know, which is five strong guys. I mean, there's not a weak spot in that line and Malata has turned into a really fine left tackle. Lane Johnson is, you know, Lane Johnson is like Brock Lesnar, um, <laughs> and, and Kelsey is still is still a force at center. Suamato um, and Dickinson's okay, um, but he's you know he's not a weak spot. Um, so th- so that that makes them dangerous in, in both phases of the game, and hurts getting getting protection, getting holes when he wants to run. You know, finding space when he wants to run. It's easy. It's easy for him, and that you know. Um, and there was nothing really Tennessee could do to cope with that because mm. if, if if you if you if you double AJ Brown and you leave Devonte Smith single covered, I mean Smith is probably not going to kill you himself, but he's going to make a couple of plays a game because he's so fast um, and and can you know can open up that that field. And I guess Goddard is out. Is Goddard out for the season at this point? But Yes, he is. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that hurts because he he's a, he was a real threat inside. But you know, and they also lost Chauncey Gardner Johnson, which I think is an yeah. even bigger loss. Um, Agreed, because he's that flexible part of the defense that lets them do multiple things mm. um, when they're in nickel. Um, he's re- he's a really good player. So th- so that th- with those two caveats, that those those losses are serious losses um, and will be against some other teams. You know they. 
how can you think Jordan Davis is back? They got Sue. Um, they got Linval Joseph. You know, it's like they can put four linemen out there, who cover half the field, just standing next, standing still next to each other. You know? <laughs> they certainly were brought, brought in to shore up uh, the Rundy and they certainly did that against against Tennessee. Um, let's rattle through some other stories. Interesting story or comments, rather, I should say, from uh, Arthur Smith. Back oh, is he in your mailbag? Uh, he didn't message us directly, but there is, there is some quotes attributed to him. Post Atlanta's uh, Atlanta's defeat to Pittsburgh, we'll evaluate everything. Every job is open. He responded when uh, he was asked about a quarterback change. So that's interesting. Marcus Mariota, uh, who started the season so well, of course, and everybody was saying, "Look, he's found his spot. This is great. They're in real, uh, real fluency to the way that they're playing." In the last. Four or five weeks. Four no, five. yeah, they they don't have that fluency. Um, teams have kind of figured out what they're going to do, and that they don't really have a plan B if that doesn't work. Mm. Mariota's not going to beat you as a drop back passer, um, and teams and teams know that, um, and he's probably not going to beat you as a runner either. So, you know, give him give him a few eight twelve yard runs stop him from hitting much else i i'm still i still get the sense that they underuse cordero patterson underuse him yeah which is strange when you think of all the Everything he does, things yeah. he does but how, i don't how many carries did he wind up with um 12 Ooh, as or something? he was saying that, i was just looking that up yeah keep uh keep rolling with the argument yeah I that up. you know i know i know his rep is that he can't catch balls over the middle, which is why one of the reasons why the Patriots let him go because mm. they they sort of used him as a running back, but they wanted him as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but but still, I, I just think there's more to be had there that you can you can yeah, kind of focus carries. your game on him more. Eleven, you're right. Bad. Eleven, yeah. Bang on, Mike. Uh, Desmond Ritter, of course, is the is the rookie. Back yeah, up. and I think Ritter's got a good future there. You know, little ga- little glimpses we've seen indicate that he can probably do that same role and and probably has a bit more arm than than Mariota did does yeah so uh, they'll, they'll, you'd imagine given where they're at that it's interesting one of these look. days i'll sit down and kind of start making a note about how many teams are in in the mix to be looking for a quarterback in round one because yeah this draft ought to That's have a game. Let's look you know it. five or six guys who will be in contention to be taken in round one mm. i don't know quite how it'll pan out um depending on who comes out and, and well, who no one doesn't. in the in afc east and west no one in either of those two divisions are going to be looking right um, um in the AFC East, there's a there's a long shot that the Patriots really? could. Well, they got it's, if they move off the Mac, they got. I Zappy, say long right? shot, but you know yeah. it depends more on how they think about Zappy, Zappy than, sure. than about Mac Mac Jones. Mm. Um, I'm not sure that the Jets are would be satisfied. Oh, to, true. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's a fair you know, point. Um, so that's two, yeah. two right there. Um, in the, a, the Jets in will the, move on from Wilson. This in the NFC money. in the NFC East, you're going to move. You you'll probably move on from Heineke. Oh you, no! In Taylor, if you we can. Trust. Well, he's always going to be a guy that you, if I you know, can, I'm, you'll I'm move playing. on from. I'm you playing. know, um, it's just it's kind of like the, the law of the jungle. Um, giants and the, the giants and the might be. You don't you don't quite know what they're what they're going to do. Um, so that's two in each. You know, possibles in each, and those are the those are the strong divisions. You know, mm. um, yeah. so I, I think there'll be quite there'll be quite a bit of interest. I mean, Houston obviously will go for a quarterback at Carolina. One. Um, Carolina, yeah, um, for sure. And and the thing is, if you're Houston, say the interesting thing is if if there's a number of guys there who 
who are seen as being relatively equal or, mm-hmm. or very good in different ways, you know, you might even have that number one pick and be able to trade out of it and still sure. get your still guy, get someone, yeah. you know, yeah. at two or three or four or whatever, um, which is kind of like what happened in the Trey Lance, Mac Jones, you know, yeah. Yeah. two years, two years ago draft um, where, where it's, there are multiple guys there who could fit your Ooh, team. Mike, what's that noise? My sister, my brother, and my sister seem to be worried about me. Anyone else? They, they met. They met my girlfriend. Now all of a sudden, they like me a lot. <laughs> hey, let's get a few more in the memo before we get out of Dodge. That's five pounds in the charity box. Uh, let's go this one. Yeah, from uh, Stop H or Stoff, depending on how you're reading that. A bit like Carlson Sports, Carlson Sports. Um, which loss in the AFC South surprised you the most, Mike? Which loss in the AFC South? Um, well, Jacksonville's didn't surprise me. Houston's didn't surprise me. Indies didn't surprise me. So I suppose it's Tennessee. Mm. Although I, I picked them to lose, but I, I I thought on the you know the spread on that one was five and a half, and I thought that that yeah I like was that. on I the like verge that. of being yeah. a bet to take. You know, I teased it up and thought, and it still didn't cover. Um, Jamie. How do you solve a problem like the Jaguars, infuriating and perplexing in equal measure? Well, give them another year. It's Mm. Doug Peterson's first year. See how they want to remake, you know, most of the roster. Um, Lawrence shows signs of of real improvement, I think, this year. Uh, I'm not sure that ETN is... um, I mean, he's a, he's a good guy, but I think they need a, they need another running back, or the, you know, so that they can afford to use him in in more ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, they there's other there's other um, areas yes. where they where they need help. So, Plenty of needs. You know, I, I think they I think they've definitely turned a corner of some sort there. Yeah. Um, Wasn't hard was, really after last. I was a little February. surprised that they played as badly as they did against Detroit. But I mean, yeah. Jared Goff, you know. It's like they say Russell Wilson's cooking. You know, Jared Goff is cooking. You know, he was balling out there. He, he had momentum. Ball. Jared Goff went to the supermarket, picked up all the ingredients, and brought it back and cooked him. <laughs> is Detroit looking for a quarterback next season? That's a really interesting question because, you know, they've. I think Brian Johnson's going to be a. Is it Brian Johnson? Ben Johnson. Um, the offensive coordinator there is is going to be a real head coaching. Someone's going to offer him a head coaching job, right? Uh, for what he's done there, and Goff, you know, Goff is good enough to get you somewhere if you handle him right, um, as we saw with the Rams. You know, yeah. he has his weaknesses, but if you can protect him, if you can give him the right kind of plays, he's got a great arm, um, and he can do do an awful lot. And um, I've been amazed at at how well they have played offensively, you know, especially given that it's, it's Bluto, the coach's offense, you know, or it was Bluto, the coach's (laughs) offense. And we want to, you know, we want to pound you into the ground and we want to be tougher than you. And, you know, I laughed last year when he said it and Jared Goff was his quarterback, you know, like, you know, least tough quarterback. He's not King Kong at quarterback, you know, but, but St. Ra, St. Ra is amazing. I mean, what a play. He's, he's, Sorry, St. Ra. Yeah, St. Ra. St. Ra. That would be a good one. Um, you know, but he he's just had a, a brilliant season. He, and he makes he makes the kind of catches you want your best receiver to make. You know, now they need a probably need a better deep threat than Shark, but but um, you know, but he's there and, and he has that that function. So yeah, I yeah, I, I was very impressed with Detroit in, in that game, and and I suppose that could that surprised me because 
you know, that game was almost a pick them on the mm-hmm. lines. And I didn't think that was unfair, basically. So that was probably the surprise in the South. There you go. There's the answer. One more for the road. Steve Thomas. Hey, Steve. When should Bears fans start to get concerned? Fields is an exciting um, runner, but how I'd say about 1965. <laughs> he was, this question well, was specifically no, about Actually, that's not fair. 1988. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fields is an exciting runner, but how good a passer of the ball is. Yeah, I mean, Fields, the Bears' best quarterback in history is still Sid Luckman. Mm-hmm. And Fields is like Sid Luckman playing tailback at Columbia University before they switched him to the T formation. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, he, he is a tailback, you know, yeah. that's, that's what, that's what they should be doing really is, is running a, they are actually running a form of a single wing offense. Um, and the problem with them has been the same in, in virtually every game they've lost. And they, they can play with you really well, but then when they fall behind um, or when the game gets tight, feet, you can't fields can't, be a drop back passer Mm. you know and and the instinct in the nfl for good reason is when the game is tight late in the game you don't go to your run game you know either the clock is telling you you can't or the odds are telling you that you won't be able to bust the plays you need on the ground fields is this is the problem which i've talked about many times before with running quarterbacks is the that limitation means that you have problems winning winning out games because your big plays can't be can't be programmed or schemed. Mm-hmm. Your Michael Vicks, your Fields, their big runs are going to come out of pass plays. Right, improvisation. You know, the the, the improvisation. The fifty-five yarder was was you know was kind of like that, mm-hmm. and you can't play. You know, you can't really make that happen. Um, and as the game gets tighter. And you you know you need that big play. You, you, defenses defenses know that this is Kyler Murray's problem. You know everyone's figured out how to how to keep him in the pocket. Um, and if you keep him in the pocket, they're going to lose. Mm. Uh, he has to be able to make things happen outside of that. You know, and uh, shame on Arizona for not realizing that limitation before they handed him all that dough mm. when they didn't have to. When they didn't have to, as you as rightly said earlier on. How about Trent Taylor though? How is he like Zach Taylor's Taylor? illegitimate son or oh, something? No, Prop might know that he's a big Zach Taylor fan. He's about the president of the Zach yeah. Taylor fan. Well, I mean, you know, when they had that fourth, they had that fourth and one, and they went on the jet sweep to Trent Taylor, and Carlos Dunlop was, was <laughs> sitting there waiting for it. Ready you know, for him. Hey, Bam. Trent, what's up? You know, Dunlop, okay, I, I just said, you know, of all the plays you could call. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, Jamar Chase on a jet sweep. Okay, I'll give you a shot. You know, but but Trent <laughs> Taylor, where am I? Oh, Why? Boy. What's the logic of it? Dunlap just pounced, didn't he? Love that. Um, I might. What are you writing about this week for your Patreon column? Um, John Hadle's going to be the big focus of it. I, he died last Thursday. I could have written um, last week, but I wanted to do something a bit a bit longer. And I had a lot of stuff anyway, because mm-hmm. it's great when you're in the States in the time zone and, you know, you can watch more games uh, or, or you can flick around in the games, you know, and, and concentrate in ways that Scott doesn't necessarily want you to concentrate on. So, um, you know, <laughs> right. I think trust- Scott has producers too that, uh, yeah, that help I, obviously I just use him as a <laughs> sure he's portmanteau for, for the yeah. show. Sure, um, but you know, the, the, um, 
the, the beauty of red zone is you see a lot and you don't have to watch commercials, which is the, mm. which is the, the bad part about watching in the States. Mm. So mm. you're constantly flicking away from, but the good part is, you know, you can see replays of plays and understand better how they happened. You can see replays of, you know, what's most frustrating in red zone is when you have it, it goes to a replay, a booth review, and they cut away to other games and they don't come back for five minutes till, and, you know, sometimes don't, don't find out what the booth review is and don't see why they then, did what it, they did. You know, it, but it did but I mean, you know, it's nice. It was nice. I saw a lot mm. more. I actually saw a lot more football in detail than I, yeah. than I normally do. I, so, I can relate to that. I can yeah, so anyway, John Hadle was the quarterback mm. of the San Diego Chargers. Um, I had two favorite quarterbacks when I was a kid in the NFL. It was Charlie Johnson of the Cardinals. And in the AFL, it was John Hadle throwing to Lance Allworth and Gary Garrison and Keith Lincoln and, um, Paul Lowe. And um, he then had one great season with the Rams. And then one of the most lopsided trades of all time, where the Packers traded two firsts, two seconds, and a third. Mm. Um, or as they say in Green Bay, a one, a, it's the Lawrence Welk trade, a one, a two, a three. And Lawrence <laughs> Welk was this guy who did waltz music on TV. Um, and uh, also known as, as a Russell Wilson, presumably that trade. <laughs> yeah. And I knew Hadel from my young day. I mean, I'd started following football. So I knew that Hadel was a halfback at Kansas who had switched to quarterback. And those were the days when quarterbacks didn't do that much passing. But Sid, you know, Detroit wanted him to be the next Paul Horning. Um, move him to halfback and mm. throw the occasional option pass. And Sid Gilman wanted him to play quarterback. And so he went to the Chargers and um, they won their only championship with Tobin Road at quarterback because Halo wasn't quite ready. But the next year he took over. They never won a championship, but God, did he throw some great passes. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to figure out where the AFL quarterbacks rate in that 10 years, the league. Ooh, was, okay. Well, that might appear um, in your column, I guess. Like, yeah, it will. I mean, the, the top two are obviously Len Dawson and Joe Namath. Um, and the other ones of note are Hadel, Daryl LaMonica, and Jack Kemp. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm going to work that out as well. All right, brilliant. That is patreon.com forward slash Mike Carlson, FMTE yep. at Carlson Sports. All that bird Twitter. noise, all that bird noise means I'm very popular because that's my phone. Is that your phone? <laughs> going 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 I, don't have king, I don't have a king, kingfisher sitting <laughs> in the back of the hall. One more question. If you've got to get out of Dodge, does that make me Wyatt Earp or Bat Masterson? Oh, that's one for the uh, that's one for the listeners. Let's put that out there at the NC show. Maybe you put a poll out there, Propo. I'm sure that'll get <laughs> hundreds of responses. Uh, we'll whack that out. Carlson, great to have you back, man. Uh, it's great to be back. Brilliant stuff from my Mike. Lots more pods coming your way this week. Hey, we've got a special guest coming up Wednesday, our review show. A lot of you will know Chris Milner from the National Vintage League and of Channel 5 fame as well. Really looking forward to having him on the show, making his season debut. In fact, his show debut, as I say. There you go. So Chris, looking forward to checking in with him. Propo and I will be back for some more edge rushing and the Guru Sandrini are fresh off the back of another successful week in Daily Fantasy. Back for FFS as well, our fantasy show. So lots coming your way right here on the Nat Kalu Show. Keep it with us. We'll check in your way. Sports Social Podcast Network.